Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience.
Stand to your feet, let's share a word of prayer. Stand up, everybody, let's pray. Wow. Are you ready for the power of God? As she sang, there is strength in the name of Jesus or the name of the Lord. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lift your hands wherever you are and just pray for a moment or two. Just pray that today God himself visits you. Pray that God himself visits you. Pray that God himself visits us today. We've not come to hear from a man, but we've come to hear from almighty God. Pray for a visitation from God. Father, today visit us in a mighty, mighty way. Holy Spirit, minister to us in a special way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We ask for a mighty visitation from you today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Speak to us in a mighty way. Move us forward in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thanks for every hand that is lifted up. We lift our hands declaring that our help can only come from you. Visit us in a mighty way. Visit our lives in a special way. Touch us and move our lives forward to your glory. As your word comes, let it come in power. Let it come to fulfill your will and your plan for our lives. To you be all glory. I speak miracles into this place. I speak signs and wonders into this place. In the name of Jesus, every heart that is discouraged, I speak a lifting up. Your word declares that when men are cast down, thou shalt declare there is a lifting. Today, by the power of your word, I declare that there is a lifting up. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. We thank you for this mighty visitation and miracles that are taking place in this place. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Put your hands together and say your loudest Amen. This morning, something absolutely wonderful is coming your way. I say it again. Something absolutely wonderful is coming your way. If you believe it, say Amen. Say your loudest Amen. Wow. Wonderful, you may be seated in the presence of God. Tell your neighbor the devil is a liar. Yeah. And we are on the winning side. This week is a week of miracles. I believe strongly that without miracles, this week will be a very bad week. And this week is going to be a good week. So your miracle is here. My miracle is here. And your miracle is here. Shout amen. amen. Great. Let's read our scripture for our discussion. Psalm 23. 
Can you put it up for all of us to read Psalm 23? Look at your neighbor, smile at your neighbor and say, how you doing, my neighbor? There are three things to do. The first thing is to look at your neighbor. The second thing is to smile at your neighbor. And the third thing is to ask your neighbor, how you doing? All right. Wow. The roses are looking, the, the daisies are looking very beautiful. Yeah. And they sang also very powerfully. Wow. Well, Psalm 23, let's all read, everybody reading together. This is our opportunity to read the word of God. So let's read Psalm 23. What does it say? Disturb everybody apart from yourself. All right, let's go. Put your hands together for yourselves. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Then what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over. And it says, thou preparest a table before me, amidst my enemies, before thou anoints my head with oil. Then, after everything, he concludes, he says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy will follow you. As you are driving, when you look behind you, you will see goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I started to share with you last Sunday on a series I have titled, I Shall Not Want. David told us that because God is his shepherd, he's in a situation where he can say, I shall not want. I shall not want basically means that God will supply your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I see God supplying your need. And I said that to be able to be in this state, it hangs on the first revelation of this chapter of scripture. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. The Lord. So the foundation for this teaching is that God is our shepherd. And I said, 
to be able to operate in a state where you don't lack anything, you must understand four basic principles that are in operation here. Number one, I said, know that God is an expert provider. It's one of the things you must know, accept, and believe. That God, the God we serve, is an expert provider. The God we serve is a provider. It may not look like that in your life right now, but know that God is a provider. First, first Timothy 5, 8, God said, If any man does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, he is worse than an infidel and he has departed from the faith. So he said, Christians, it's against the principles of Christianity for a father not to provide for his children or his own. Hallelujah. So if God is telling us as human beings to provide for our own, then it, it stands to reason for us to believe that God will provide for his own. Jesus said in Luke 11 that if we then being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much will our father who's in heaven give us who ask him for the Holy Spirit. So he compares us to God. And he says, even we, as evil as we are, when our children ask us for bread, we don't give them scorpions. Or we don't give them snakes. So how much will God also not provide for us? No. And believe. Every single day believe that God is a provider. Number two, I said, see what God has provided. Because many a time God has provided, you have not seen it. You have to see what God has provided. Some of you are crying, I don't have a beloved. God has provided a beloved. You just need to see it. Some of you, the beloved is standing there. Your age is preventing you from just accepting that this one. Yeah. I told you that famous story where the girl said, ah, this small boy. Yeah. So see what God has provided. Amen. So, but, but pastor, I am, I am 35. He's only 34 and a half. If you will humble yourself, he will use his 34 and a half years to lead you nicely. Yeah. Now I'm just waiting for somebody who's 42 and a half to come and marry me. Now, I don't know any single man who's 42 and a half yet to come and marry you. You may have to just mellow and take the 34.5 like that. Yes, and he will do you good for the rest of your life. I don't know why she's jumping. I have no idea. So see... And God had to show Adam. Adam was in the garden, but God had to show Adam that, see, I have provided this for you. Hallelujah. Number three, I said, know God's method or how God provides. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Now, if you don't understand these simple principles, sometimes God has, like, like what, what do I mean? Sometimes when God is providing for you, when you ask him for something, he doesn't give you exactly what you have asked for. Sometimes he gives you something. And your work is to develop that into what you are looking for. 
Sometimes you ask God for a job. Then God gives you a friend. You have to know how that friend, connection with that friend can become a job. Yeah. Hallelujah. So know how there's God's systems of provision. When you know and understand it, you will be able to tap into God's provision easily. Hallelujah. And then finally, we said develop what God has provided for you. Develop it. Develop it. You may ask God for a beautiful marriage. And God will give you a wife who cannot speak English properly. When she speaks, the kitchen cupboard shakes. Or God will give you a wife who has a hot temper. You have to develop it. Hallelujah. This is the reason why you see a lot of ladies, when they see somebody, oh, this is a nice husband. This is a nice, I want a husband like this. But they don't know the work that the lady has done on the guy to become like this. If they had met the guy originally, in his original state, they will look at the guy and say, oh, this small boy. Yeah. You don't have an idea the work that Joel has done for us to have this Lungani you see today. That everybody looks at and says, oh, breadwinner. Please. So you to yours. Develop it. Yeah. Develop it. One sister told me, this my husband that I've married, he doesn't take me out. He doesn't do nice things. I mean, he would never buy flowers. He would never do. Develop it. Teach him. Teach him. Go and buy him flowers and say, this flowers, give it to me. You give it. So if this is the flower, you give it to us. Oh, give it to me. Thank you. to buy flowers. Do you know what he asked me? He asked me, when if I give her the flower, where is she going to put it? So I told him that, that's not your problem. Do you get, you buy the flowers. When you buy it first time, second time, by the third time you are bringing it, you will see that there will be something for them to put it in. Because you never buy it. That's why they don't see the need to go and buy a, a flower vase for it. No, never. Buy a vase? No, never. What? What? I, so she's also asking. When she goes to the shop and she sees the flower vase, she asks herself, what are we going to do? With it? Are we going to put pap in it or putu in it? That's the question she's asking. Or fruits. Do, 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 do you understand? Yeah. Develop it. Develop. Develop what God has given to you. I have developed what God has given to me. That's why today I am preaching to you. Amen. I'm surprised even how I'm preaching already today. I'm surprised. Because as I was coming, I kept telling him, I don't feel like preaching today. I wish I'm not. I met somebody who asked, 
who's preaching today? I said, would you like to? Uh, it was you, eh? Yeah. I asked him, would you like to preach today? I can give the tender to you. Preach today. Preach, preach. Yeah. But I have developed what God has given. You to develop what God has given to you. Hallelujah. Now, I said I will show you 20 ways that God provides. Because when we know how God provides, it will help us to identify that even this thing in my life is a provision from God. It's a provision from God. So number one, I've mentioned the first, first two already, but number one, God provides through the trees. In Genesis 1, 28, 29, which we read last week, God said to Adam and Eve, he said, behold, I have given unto you the trees, the herbs, the fruit, the seed, all of them. I've given it shall, to you, 29 says, to you it shall be meat. So from this time onwards, man was a vegetarian. They were only eating the trees, herbs, watermelon, tomatoes, fruits. These are the things man was eating, which is the first way God provides. Then in Genesis chapter 9, the Bible says, after the flood of Noah, the Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Noah and his sons and blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Verse 2, it says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast that is upon the earth and every fowl of the air and every moving thing upon the earth and every fish of the sea into thy hands will it be delivered. Verse 3 is a piece of scripture. I put it there so that everybody can see. It says, and everything that, that liveth or every moving thing that liveth to you, it shall be meat. Just as the herbs which I have given to you already. This is when man started to eat um, nyama, vos, nyama, meat, everything. This is from before then, man, all those who died during the flood of Noah, they didn't eat meat. They don't know what meat tastes like. They only were eating, yeah, cabbage and all these things. Then at this point, God introduced Noah to meat. He said, now eat meat also. Meat is also good. You have increased your value. Eat meat. Then verse 5, he says, the only thing I don't, verse 4, the only thing I don't want you to eat is the blood. Anything that has blood. The blood, because that has life. The blood, which is the blood. So don't eat the blood. That's why when we kill the animal, we drain the blood. Drain the life out of it. Then we eat the meat. So the second way God provides is through meat. That's why all our food comes from these two things. The trees and the animals. The trees and the animals. Number three. There are so many. I mean, I don't know which one to give to you. Another way God provides for you is, is through the church. It's through God's church. I didn't want to talk about that today, but since it has brought itself. It's through the church. The church. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about the new church. And the Bible says, and they, 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 they continue steadfastly, verse 42, in the apostles' doctrine and in prayer and fellowship and breaking bread together, one with another, so on and so forth. As you read that, the Bible says, and they sold what they had 
and provided for the needs of the rest of us, such that nobody had anything, lacked anything amongst them. And God did many signs and wonders by the hands of the apostles. In that church, how God provided for them was that the church members provided for the other church members. That's why I said, this church is God's provision to you. You better be in it properly and be in it seriously. You don't know what, through the church, I mean, until I came to the church, it's in the church that I found somebody to marry. In this church, not another, this church. I mean, since I was born, my mother has taken me to so many churches, but this is the only church I have come to myself. I came by myself. I, like somebody invited me, I said, oh, I like this church. I'm going to be in this church. I told you why I like the church, ne? All my bad boyfriends were in the church. I said, this church must be a very good church. To be able to accommodate all these bad boys, then I can fit into this church. Yeah. And then number two, I saw that my friends were securing themselves. So I said, let me also go and secure myself. That's all. God uses the church to provide. Some of you don't have parents. Or even there's no father at home to guide you. When you come to the church, God provides a father for you. God provides somebody to be the man to show you. Do this. Do, I mean, look, what, 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 Pastor, what do we need a man in the house for? Look, most ladies who, don't, who didn't grow up in a house where there's a man, they become very terrible wives. Very terrible wives. Because they don't know how to submit to authority. It's like free reign chicken. They are like free-range chicken. Do you know free-range chicken? Chicken that don't have any guidance. So they do anything they like. They go anywhere they like. But the chicken we buy at ShopRite, they are properly bred chicken. They take their medication at this time. They eat at this time. They drink water at this time. It's like well-trained chicken. That's how come they are even able to kill them and make them ready at ShopRite for the time that we come. But can you imagine free rain chicken? They are now running in the forest trying to catch them. So you marry some of these girls. They don't even stay at home. You can't even find them stay. Every day they are going somewhere. Every day they are doing makeup to go somewhere. Because they are not used to somebody saying, sit down, don't go anywhere. Go at this time. Don't go at this time. It's like... Say Amen. I know you are shocked, but say amen. <laughs> yeah, free range. They do anything they like. So when they, so people like that also cannot establish authority in a house. Do you get it? The fact that apart from that, they cannot be under authority. They themselves also, when they are in the house, when your children come, they cannot establish authority because they don't know how authority works. So sometimes they either neglect their children or beat their children. It's like they beat their children like they are beating thieves. That's, that's all. Because they don't know how authority works. Yeah. They don't know how authority works. No authority to them. No, no, no. You can't do this. No, you can't do this. They operate by, ah, I earn their money. I do anything I like. It's my money. But the way life is, somebody must be able to tell you that, no, you can't do this. 
You can't. Because if we leave you to yourself, I mean, just think about it. Think about the things you imagine. I mean, think about the things you are able to imagine. If you are left to yourself. That is why, you see, that is why a lot of African presidents become corrupt. Because it's like, there are no systems in our country to control even the leader. So when they are in power, whereas when you go to some of these Western worlds, yes, you are in power, but there are systems in place so, so that you stay in your lane within what you are, your, your powers. Hallelujah. Some of you come to the church to find friends. The church, look, one of the most important things you need in life is a good friend. A good friend. A friend that when you are down will hold you and pull you up. A friend that when you need somebody to talk to, you can talk to the person. A friend that when you have a victory to celebrate, you can celebrate with them. When you don't have, your life becomes lonely. Lonely and moody. Even if you have a good life, you have nobody to share it with. Some of you older people, this is your chance to have people to call you mommy. Your own children are calling you witches. No, your own children, the children that you're looking very beautiful. What has happened? Is today your birthday? It's your birthday. It's not your birthday. Because you're looking very wow. Charlie, buy a Coca-Cola for me after church. It's looking very beautiful. Look, if you didn't come to church, for a man to tell you you are beautiful, it means you have to remove your panties. Am I telling the truth or I'm lying? You, you see, you can't say it. Let me go this way. <laughs> Cho-cho. You see that you can't say it. I mean, the last guy who told you you are beautiful, this is where it ended. Let me come to this area, that area. They don't speak the truth. Let's be truth area. Do you get it? But it's only in church. How are you? That somebody can see you and say, oh, you are looking very beautiful. And there's nothing. It's like that. He's not looking for something in return for telling you, telling you the truth that you are looking very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me if what I'm saying is not true. The way you are looking at me, it's like you don't believe. Or you are surprised that I'm saying it. Oh, okay. I won't say it again. Brother, say amen. Amen. The sisters are bored with me. <laughs> it's in the church that you will come. I was talking about mothers. I don't know why we went on to this. It's in the church that somebody will look up to you and say, oh, you are my mother. Yeah, call you mother. Sometimes even the age gap between you and them is not much. Maybe three years, four years. But the person feels that, look, you have gone forward in a way that I have not. So guide me, help me to go forward that way. You won't get it anywhere. In your house, when they have a meeting, they have a meeting to complain about you. Yeah, they have a meeting to talk about how lazy you are. You don't sweep your room. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't comb your hair. You don't brush your teeth. You don't stay at home. You don't... Everything just to talk about you. It's in the church. You don't bath. That's for that one they know. It's true. But it's in the church that when you come... People say good things to you. God is providing for you. By being. Some of you, there are people in the church who pay your school fees. I mean, since I've been, I've been a pastor for about 20 years, I've paid school fees. Uh. 
and rent. Pay down. Now I'm on retirement. Now I have to say it now because after church, I can easily have requests. Please, I'm not taking requests anymore, okay? My, My desk is full. Applications are closed. There's something here. for you through the church. You have to open your eyes and see it. I was listening to a man of God this morning. He said, I mean, I I don't know why I've gone into, but he was saying that. When you see people in the church who say they are offended, maybe they are offended at the pastor, they are offended at somebody, they don't know God. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the Holy Spirit. That's why they are even offended. That's why they can't even be offended. Because if you know, because you have a high imagination of yourself. But if you know God, you'll be so happy that you've gotten a chance to know God that the small, small things that people do don't affect you. It's like, oh, eh. You were rude to me. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, eh, this small girl, why are you being rude to me? Then you remember how rude you were to God. Then he said, I dash it to you. I dash it to you. You don't know what you are doing. I, thank, you, you even thank the person for offending you so that you can forgive the person because you are looking for a chance to pay back what Jesus has done for you. So you thank, oh, thank you very much for offending me. I get a chance to also forgive you to feel what Jesus felt for me. Yeah. Yeah. Number four. God, we are saying we are going to 20, so the earlier we go in a fast way, the better. God provides for us through seeds. Through seeds, seeds, S-E-E-D-S, seeds. Ibere. Imbeu, yeah, God uses, Ibere is the bear. Yeah, Ibeu, the seed to provide for us. Usually, we ask God for fruit. We don't ask for seed. But when we ask God for fruit, God gives us a seed. Anytime you ask God for fruit, he gives us a seed. You ask him for a car, he gives you a seed. You ask him for a shoe, he gives you a seed. If he were to have given you the heel of the shoe, you would say, oh, it's under construction. It's coming. No, he gives you a seed. He provides for us seeds. God is expecting us to churn the seed or develop the seed into fruit. Into fruit. So he asks, anything you ask for, he gives you a, a seed. When you see the seed, you say, ah, what is this? I'm looking for a fruit. You have given me a seed. What am I going to do with the seed? But inside the seed is the, is the fruit you are looking for. So many of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Pastor asked for me, I don't, that's why I, I find it funny when, when, when it's offering time and somebody doesn't give an offering. The person hasn't understood how God provides. Because your life is full of the fruit from the seeds you have sown before. So, verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 9, the Bible tells that he that giveth seed to the sower, both minister, bread, 
for, the, for, for your food. And increase your seed soon. Or multiply your seed soon. And increase your fruit of, of righteousness. Or increase your fruit for righteousness. It says God. One of the things God does. that He gives seed to the sower. That's why everybody has a seed. There's nobody who doesn't have a seed. There's nobody who doesn't. The problem is that people see seed. Then they say, oh, this is bread. They see seed. They say, this is bread. Then they start to eat the seed. And Jesus has said, when a corn of wheat falls to the which is when a seed falls to the ground and it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So when it doesn't fall to the ground to die, as for dying, it will die because if let's say you have a seed of 10 rands and after church you buy anointed amakunya. If you have 10 rands, how much amakunya? How many of the quenyas will you get? Three. How big are they? Big. Wow. So you use this your 10 rands to go and acquire three amakunyas. Instead of making them Making it a seed, you turn it into bread. No problem. What will happen is that after you have eaten the amakwenya, it will die. Most definitely, it will die. But it's dying at the wrong place. So it goes into your belly and then it dies. Then when it dies, it's converted into poo. And then fat. The fat stays with you and the poo goes out. And that is the end. And the fat is the anointing, okay? It's the anointing. And that is the end of that your seed. But if that seed was sown, Bible says that the one who gives seed to the sower, he himself gives bread to the eater and multiply the seed that you are sowing to increase the turnout. Many people don't have anything because they've not seen seeds as God's way of providing. And God said to, to Noah, Genesis chapter 8, 26, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest time will never cease. It, life works on seed time, harvest time, seed. So every season you are in, it's a seed time and it's a harvest time at the same time. So today, is both a harvest time and a seed time. How do we know? Today, you are harvesting the seeds that you have sown yesterday. And when you harvest them as your harvest time, inside the harvest are seeds, which you now have to take out before you start eating the bread. That's why you see the seed comes before the bread. You have to take out the seed and then you sow it, then you start eating the bread. So that tomorrow will still be harvest time. And see, you are harvesting nothing today because you sowed nothing yesterday. Bible says that they have sown the wind. When it was time to sow, they made a blow and they caught the wind into their palm like that. Then they sowed it. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So when the offering basket was passing in front of Jesus, suddenly you have received a revelation. You are checking a scripture on your phone. Now, by the way, 
we have been we have been Christians for over 20 years. So every type of gimmick is likely that we have seen it before. I mean, every type of gimmick you can put like offering time, suddenly you have received a phone call, you are going out, or suddenly you are checking something on your phone, or you have left your wallet in your car. We have we have look, give us some credit. We have seen it before. We have seen it before. It's not our first time. You are not going to invent something we have not seen before. Or offering time, then you start having an interesting conversation with your friend. All you are saying is that this part of the service, I don't want to be involved. That's all. We know. Bible says they sow the wind. So guess what they received at the harvest? They, will, they, they received the whirlwind, which is the big wind. You see what? Vungu vungu. You see what? So you receive the moya that is vu vu. The big moya. The big moya you receive it. May you sow seeds so that it can be harvest time in your life. Anytime you see, look, even like pay your tithe. Your tithe is a seed that you are sowing from your income to make sure that the next harvest time you have something. You have something. Or else you have nothing. Harvest time comes in Z and you have nothing because you have sown nothing. They say, God, so that, you see, so that nobody can say God didn't provide for them. God gives everybody at least a seed. Gives you a seed. You have to develop it and make the seed fruitful. Now, a pastor told me that if you are talking to people and you want to know if they are serious, talk about money. Do you know the pastor who told me that thing? Bishop Larry. <laughs> this is the first time I'm mentioning the name of the person who told because it is you. Because I see the way you have all become quiet. Your amens have reduced. Your smiles have gone down. Even your looks. I mean, you can't even look me straight in the face. If, as I'm preaching, when I look in your face, you, you just, you don't move the head. Because if you move the head, I'll see. So you move the eye as though you are looking at something. <laughs> what a shock. Let us become people who sow seeds. Now we sow seeds all the time. Anytime you get an opportunity to sow, you just sow. Because you are setting up for yourself a good harvest time. Number five. Number, this one will excite you. This one is at the end, but I brought it to today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just as the one for the church is at somewhere, but I brought it to, yeah. God provides to, for us through miracles. Miracles. I'm glad I'm talking about it after I've talked about seeds. Because this is the part we all enjoy. I don't, a miracle is you don't, you don't necessarily do much and then boom, it's here. And that's what we like. We don't want to do anything. We want to have everything. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about miracles. God, this week, may God provide for you through miracles. May God, through a divine and supernatural way, provide for us. Miracles. 
miracles. Exodus, Exodus 11, there are a lot of scriptures to read. Let me just tell you what it says. But in Exodus 11, Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, yet, yet one more time will I perform a plague unto Pharaoh. So God says to Moses, this was God had done many wild things and Pharaoh won't budge. So God said to Moses, I'm coming to do one last, one last killer move. One day I met a girl and she didn't come to church. So I was talking, I had gone to visit her after church. I said, why didn't you come to church? And her sister told me she was watching wrestling. I didn't know that she liked wrestling, Smackdown. So she was watching wrestling. So I was worried because a girl who likes wrestling is scary. Because <laughs> even me as a guy, I don't, I don't even like rugby. How much more wrestling? <laughs> but I took it like that. So I started to have a conversation with her on wrestling. Look, you must find what everybody likes. To make a friendship work, you find what your friend likes. And flow. Or else there'll be nothing to talk. You every day you come. The Bible says, John chapter 16, verse 66. Hey, look. The friendship will not work. Do you get it? So, when I found that wrestling is what she likes, so I started to have a chat with her, and I don't know anything about wrestling. So, yes, I know Undertaker. Undertaker and Paul Bearer. As for that one, I know. And then Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But those are the wrestlers of those times. Yeah, they used to wrestle with Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Co. Mm-hmm. So then she started to tell me of the today wrestlers. So she introduced me to a guy called John Cena. Is he still around? You can what? You can't see me. Wow. Then you do. Hey! Really? No problem. Then she told me of a guy, another guy, I don't remember what the guy's name. Ray, Ray Mysterio. Is that the guy who died? Or he's still around? Eddie Guerrero is the one who died. Yeah, because I heard one guy died. Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Then she told me about Ray Mysterio. I don't know. As I go on, you will see who I'm talking about. This guy she told me about, she said the guy has some last move. Four, six, 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 four or something. Take your time. Six what? Six one nine. And that's what his final move. When he does that move, then it's finished. Who is that one? Ray Mysterio. Wow. He's short. Wow. Short people are very great, you know. So she told me that this Ray Mysterio guy, when he has the fight with you, once he does that, his four seasons, four move, is finished. There's, there's, so I asked her, what if he does it and after that, you, you get up again? He said, she told me, no, there's no way you can get, once he, he does that, you are finished. I said, wow, so that's the day I learned that that move, 4619. Four, I learned it. Hey. I said, well, I don't know what the move is like, but I knew that there was a move. 
So God said to Moses that I'm going to do a 619. And when I do that 619, as for this one, Pharaoh will give in. Don't worry. Because I'm sure Moses was saying, but we did this and we did this and Moses and Pharaoh is still moving. God said, don't worry. This is the 619 move. After this move, it is finished for this guy. So Moses said, okay. So Moses asked God, what should I do? Verse 2. And God said to Moses, whisper into the ears of the children of Israel that everyone borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. So he said, tell the people that this one there is the last killer. So, borrow things from these Egyptians. Borrow silver, borrow gold. And Bible says, and the Lord gave them favor before the people. So they borrowed things from their Egyptian Egyptian, the Egyptian masters borrow things from them. Oh, when you see the TV, you like their TV, you borrow it. You like this, you borrow, and they are car, borrow everything from them. And they gave it to them. Now, that time passed and God did his final move. And Pharaoh said, look, Moses and his people should leave. So they started to leave with the things they had borrowed from them. And they wrote there. After some time, Pharaoh said, what? These people have swindled us. Let's go and catch them. So they chased them. And when they chased them, the Bible says, now we are in chapter 14. Because I thought there are so many chapters to read. We won't finish today. So they chased them into the Red Sea. And then into the sea. And God parted the sea for the children of Israel. To walk through. By the end of chapter 14, 31, 32, the Bible says this is the way God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. Then God closed the sea over the Egyptians and the Egyptians died. 619. What does it mean? They had borrowed things from the people by some miraculous means. The people they owed died. And the Egyptians didn't write a will that you owe me this, pay it to the Syrians or no. May your death be cancelled by a miraculous means. Miraculous means. I share one more story then I close. Once upon a time, in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham steps into Egypt with his beautiful wife. The same Egypt. And the Pharaoh, when they saw Abraham's wife, they told, they told the Pharaoh that, look, have you seen this girl who has come to town? There's no girl in town like this girl. I mean, the people talk among themselves. Girls, boys talk. Oh. No, when they see you, they have a meeting and they discuss who should go after you. Yeah. So why do you think that the guy, the guy is in love with you? The lover. 
It was after a meeting. They cast a lot. They did. Icky pinky punky. Daddy bought a donkey. Donkey died. Daddy cried. My mother said, I must buy this one. Then they chose this guy to come after you. Yeah. Then he started looking for you. Then he, they, they chose it after. That's how they chose. Then he started looking for you. So when he came, said, look, when I saw you, my heart stopped beating for 30 seconds. It's not true. The, the 30 seconds is the time that they did the icky, picky, punky, daddy bought a donkey. That's the 30 seconds he's talking about. Yeah. So they talk among themselves and they agreed that, look, this level of girl there is only Pharaoh. So they went to the Pharaoh and they told the Pharaoh that this one, so, to cut a long story short, Pharaoh asked Abraham, took the girl and asked Abraham, who is this girl? Abraham said, oh, my sister. So, Pharaoh too was very happy. He started to pay Lobola. He started to pay Lobola to, to give Abraham gifts, things that Abraham has not asked for. He just give it to Abraham, give it to Abraham. Little did he know that he was being tricked. May God trick your enemies. After he had given everything, God visited him in a dream and said, Hey, you, this girl you have taken is the guy's wife. Oh, did you know that? He went on Facebook, he checked, then he saw that. He saw their wedding photo. Then he said, Hey, I have been tricked. Now, when he saw that he had been tricked, he was so angry that. When he called, he called Abraham, you, you are the guy. This, this, this. Hey, Abraham said, oh, you were, where do you see the girl? She's also my sister. In my hometown, it's like my father's sister's brother's child. That's how it is. My cousin's sister. You, you were in a rush. You didn't allow me to finish what I was saying. Then you were happy. That's, that's, it's a mistake. Pharaoh was so bored. He wouldn't even listen to anything. He just said, get out of this country now. So Abraham packed everything with his wife and all the things that Pharaoh had given to him. Then he started to leave Egypt. Pharaoh was bored. So Abraham left with everything that Pharaoh had given to him. And he stepped into Genesis chapter 13. The Bible says, and Abraham departed from Egypt with his wife. His, his servants is all this with a lot also verse 2 the Bible says and Abraham was very rich in cattle in gold and in silver where did he get the cattle gold and silver from he got it from Pharaoh because when he came to Egypt he had nothing that's what he got from Pharaoh this is by divine and miraculous means God will provide for you by a divine and a miraculous means this week, I'm expecting to see that move of God in our lives. And I want us as a church to believe in God's provision and invoke it today. That God, as we step into this week, we ask for miracles. Signs, miraculous and divine provisions for us. 
How many are waiting for God's miracle? Stand to your feet, begin to pray wherever you are and ask God for a miraculous provision. Begin to pray wherever you are. We usually don't end our service like this, but this week, we need the miracles. We need the miracles. Begin to speak to God wherever you are. Say, Lord, send forth this. I want to hear you praying like somebody who is desperately looking for a miracle. I want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from you. Lift your voice. Just begin to speak to God. Lord, look down from heaven and pour out a miracle into this church. Miracles, miracles, miraculous provisions, supernatural provisions, miracles of deliverance, miracles of salvation, miracles of provision. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, some of you need breakthroughs with your school. This week, receive a miracle in your school. Some of you need breakthroughs with your finances. Receive it now, now, now. Some of you with your miraculous provisions, miraculous, miraculous moves of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Some of you have situations that only God himself can intervene. Only God, except God intervenes. Nobody can intervene. Nobody can intervene. Nobody can intervene. Accept God, accept God, accept God, accept God, accept God. Lift your voice and just pray. Brand just for two, three minutes. Just speak to God right now. Speak to God. I'm expecting a miracle. And I know you're also expecting a miracle. I know you're also expecting a miracle. Lord, open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings into your people. Pour out miracles, Lord. Open doors, Lord. Open doors, O God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Maso paliko si pakatosa kebolaba shatolio skipalaba rapatotaliba rapatotaliba skepatotala satoliaski kibolaba shibolibi rapadoba skentotaliba lipatosikoliba shatolio skipalaba rapandalababa sepaloba lipatosipaka Lord visit your children visit your children visit your children Visit your children, Lord. Except you provide for us, Lord. By a miraculous and supernatural means, Lord. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot help ourselves, Lord. May God provide a supernatural job for you. In the name of Jesus. God is able to do what he said he would do. Rapato badi baka. Kipaloba. God gonna fulfill every promise. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Don't 
visit our families visit our marriages visit our finances visit our job lives visit our health visit us in miraculous ways because you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think what he promised to do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up on you. He's supernatural touch stretch your hands from heaven and touch every situation that is represented here in the name of Jesus be it a financial situation be it an academic situation be it a health situation be it an emotional problem be it a spiritual situation Lord, stretch your hand from heaven and touch it now and bring solutions in the name of Jesus. You are our God and we are your people. Except you intervene in our lives, we are going nowhere. Some of us are faced with complex situations unimaginable cases all we can do is put our trust in you stretch your hand and resolve these cases in the name of Jesus let us be like Solomon and let us say we have been young and we are old we have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread May we never be forsaken. And may we not, may our seed not beg for bread. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Say a victorious Amen wherever you are. This week is indeed a week of your miracle. Father, thank you for mighty, mighty miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, you are here this morning and say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want the greatest miracle of all time to happen to me. 
I want to go to heaven when I die. You are here like that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Let's give our neighbors some privacy. Close your That's why we close our eyes. So that your neighbor can have some privacy. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. If you are here like that, you want me to pray with you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, lift up your right hand with me. I'll pray with you. If you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Don't put your hand on your heart. Lift it high above your head. I'll pray with you. I'll pray. Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please. I don't want to go to hell. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. It's a simple prayer. If you are lifting your hand, lift it clearly. Don't be, don't be shy. Lift it above your head. I'll pray with you. I'll pray. Pastor, please pray with me. Please pray with me. Please pray. You lifted up your hand. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Come. My brothers over there, come. I'll pray with you. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Come. I'll pray with you. You lifted up your right hand. Come. I'll pray with you. Come. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. If you are by somebody who lifted their hand, you can come with them to encourage them. To encourage them. You can come with them. And even stand in front with them to encourage them. To encourage them. Stand with them. this prayer with me say dear Lord Jesus I accept that I'm a sinner please forgive me of all my sins I believe that you died for me and you rose again I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life thank you Jesus for dying to save me amen wonderful. Father, thank you for these ones. Bless them, keep them, use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.